back to the University of South Carolina for the start of our semester. And for our final interview of this podcast series, we sit down with Omar Barakat, who is a dear friend and international student studying at the University of South Carolina with us. He's a student of business and honestly an inspiration to everyone that we that is surrounded by him because he gives off so much energy and passion for everything that he does that it is contagious and just brightens up a room so we are thrilled to share this with you i know you're going to love it and it's a great way to bring the finale to a close and wrap up with some amazing insights from omar So I'm here with Omar Berdekat at the University of South Carolina. We're sitting on the horseshoe right now. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background, your major and minor, and why you came to USC? Yeah, sure. So uh, thank you for the interview, by the way. And my name is Omar Berdekat. So I'm from Italy and Tunisia, which is in North Africa. I traveled and lived in several countries, and that allowed me to speak for uh, different uh, languages. I always wanted to come to the U.S. since the day I was uh, 12 or 14, so that's why I taught myself English, and then just did some Google search, found the University of South Carolina, applied, and here I am, three, three years later, double majoring in marketing and the global supply chain and operations management, and uh, no minors, unfortunately, couldn't find something that I really <laughs> like, and uh, I'm graduating this December, actually, so yeah, pretty excited about that. So you mentioned you've always wanted to come to the United States since yeah. you were 12. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, uh, actually, it's, uh, it will sound a little bit cliche, but I was w- just watching those movies and TV shows and how people live in, in the United States. I, was, I just fell in love with the culture, you know? Uh, when you're in a, in a country such as Tunisia, you hear about the United States as uh, like this big country with amazing opportunities, and you hear actually about the American dream. Again, I'm going to be saying a lot of cliche things, but this is what it is. Well, you know me. You know I love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why I mentioned it, man. And uh, so, yeah, so I just uh, took it on myself, studied English, then picked it up a little bit at school, and then uh, had that goal since then, and uh uh, made it made it happen. So, given the difference in cultures from Tunisia and the United States, has your transit? How's your transition been? Has it been pretty smooth? Well, it's has it been inter- kind of rocky. Yeah, it's interesting that you're asking this because uh, you would think that if you have if you have a dream, the transition would be like very easy because it's something that you always always dreamt about. But the, I'm gonna I'm not gonna lie to you, Taylor. The first couple of months were pretty tough, you know, because you're like, oh, this I'm, yeah, I'm making like a, a huge decision. Am I making the right decision? Is this the right school for me? Why don't I just go back to my country where I left all my friends, my family, and so on? Should I give my country another try? But uh, the secret is just to keep pushing, you know, keep put- putting yourself in those uh, uh, environments where you're very uncomfortable, get uh, get out of your comfort zone, and uh, that's what I did, and I uh, really don't regret that at all. So, y- yes, it was hard, but it was worth it. Well, that's fantastic. What, so, as far as plans go for after college... Career-wise, what are you looking at? And are you looking to stay in the United States or go back over to Tunisia? Yeah, definitely I want to go to the United States. People know me by that because I always like share uh, that passion for this country and this culture. In three years in the United States, I've learned about my, uh, I've learned things about myself that I didn't learn in Tunisia or Italy for the for like eighteen years. So I learned uh, uh, that I am actually a people person, and that was not very obvious when I was in my country. Really? Uh, yeah, uh, I learned that 
I really wanted to help people somehow. I learned that I'm actually pretty smart in some ways, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's it's hard to say it out loud because you you don't want to be overconfident and so on. So uh, as I told you earlier, I'm graduating in December, and what I want to do is work in something uh, outside sales related or something in consulting. And uh, yeah, I'm looking for that right now. Applying for jobs, interviewing. Fingers crossed, we find something. Now, as a people person, I think those are perfect career paths for you. I can totally <laughs> see that. Exactly. I'm looking at sales myself and possibly cool. consulting. As awesome. Well. Are there any companies in particular that you're looking at at the moment? Well, I always look at the the culture of the company before everything and uh, before everything else. And uh, to be honest, there is a uh, professor here, a marketing professor that I, that actually got me a sales scholarship like a year ago, and believes in me like 100% you have no idea so I just went to her this semester and I was like hey I'm having I'm having issues finding a job here because it's the United States I'm not from this country so she's been helping me a lot uh, let's say when I go to the uh, career expo like instead of me going and talk talking to some companies she's the one introducing me to some of them because she knows them mm-hmm. so for example I'm part of the sales club now and we have sponsors it's a lot of uh, we have sponsors and basically mean uh, what it basically means is that these companies come to the sales club and just talk to us and it's basically a consulting firm or firms or a sales type of firm mm-hmm. so I've been talking to those people just to know what they are, what they are actually doing and I seriously fell in love with what they are doing yeah. and uh, as another example I'm in the Capstone project right now for uh, global supply chain operations management, and it's, uh, I'm technically uh, a student consultant for Johnson and Johnson right now. Mm-hmm. And it was just amazing because last week I spent two days in New Jersey, and they literally like paid uh, the airplane for me and my team. They played the airplane ticket, sorry, uh, for me and my team. They played, uh, they paid for uh, the hotel, they paid for the car, and we were literally uh, we had a two-day workshop with these high-level people, and here I am, Omar, 22 years <laughs> old, from Tunisia and Italy, just presenting to these people and and facilitating a conversation and asking the right questions at the right time, like, and they took me ser- uh, like they took me seriously. That's what was amazing about it. Like they respected like my ideas, and I actually we actually like me and my team were able to have uh, great outcomes, and that was that was consulting, you know, and I loved it. That's fantastic. And you mentioned culture a few minutes ago. Now. In yeah. regards to company culture, what are some things that you were personally looking for when searching for a future career? Uh, that's a good question. Well, I really want like a company that will accept my origins first, like and uh, my beliefs and so on. But I also want a company that will be- uh, believe in me, even though I'm like I will be like in an entry level position. So I want to have a voice within a company, if that makes sense. Right. And I want transparency, and I want like. Uh, uh, a company that uh, gives uh, constructive feedbacks and by, uh, by that will, uh, I mean uh, let's say sometimes I do a bad job you know I don't want somebody to tell me oh you did a terrible job I'm like yeah tell me that I did a terrible job but please tell me elaborate on that you know tell me what I did wrong so basically um, communication is key in a company and transparency and also like trust let's say right I couldn't agree more what are some non-negotiables for you when searching for a non-negotiable so basically what are some things that you're not willing to sacrifice when going into your future career like what are some either personal values or some things that the company stand for I don't know if this answered your question uh, correctly so tell me if I'm wrong yeah no no worries but uh, as I told you I realized I'm a people people person earlier Mm -hmm. and uh, so I want to be outside an office I want to be in an office for a little bit but I want to be outside of it and uh, I interviewed for many inside sales jobs, but truth be told, Taylor, I just interviewed to practice my, to, to practice basically the interview. Yeah. So these people were in front of me telling me about these positions outside inside sales that you're like uh, making a hundred uh, uh, phone calls per day mm. and you're uh, behind an office. I'm like, you know what? That can give me the good skills that I need 
you know, as a consultant or as an outside salesperson in the future. But I don't want to be stuck in an office like for that long, you know, even when they were talking about the culture of the company and they were like, oh, yeah, like um, everybody's having fun in that office and so on. It's still not for me. I mean, like I have a, I have a bad back, like I cannot stay on a chair for more than an hour, if that makes sense. Right. So that's a straight no. If they tell me like you're going to be spending, uh, spending the entire day in the office like nonstop and maybe once you once in a while you're going to go and talk to a client. For me, it's a no. Even though the money can be so super good, like this country opened my mind in so many other things that are, m are way more important. And uh, yeah, so if a company tells me our culture is basically to stay in an office uh, nonstop and just uh, cold calling and so on and so on, and the only thing they talk about is money, that's not really that's not something mm -hmm. for me. Well, good. So you're not a money-driven person. What drives you? Well, okay, again, very cliche, but what drives me every day that I'm not like making, trying to make myself better, I think about all the sacrifices that, uh, that I've taken so far, and that gives me the motivation to push myself a lot further. And family, so myself and also family is a big motivation, so uh, they are going to come visit me for the very first time in December, and yeah, I'm so first excited. Time, wow. First time, we're going to travel around the US, but I want them to come and I want them to see the person that I became and the things that I've accomplished. So I want to be like, hey dad, like this is my university, this is my car, this is my job, this is my other job, this is my internship, and this is also the job offer that I have. Like you, you raised me well. Your parents are going to be so proud. I hope so. Seriously. If I have a job, they'll be probably super proud. Even, <laughs> even if I don't, like yeah. they're super going to be proud, hopefully. The personal transformation alone. So given that you're an international student and you're not a citizen of the United States, mm -hmm. has it been difficult for you to find a job, find a company <laughs> that will sponsor your work or your visa, your work visa here? That's uh, a terrific question and it's so funny that you ask that. So it's very tough, very tough, very tough, especially for an entry level position. You have no idea how hard it is. So I've done like, I've worked in sales for more than eight years because of all languages. Uh, I'm a, a student consultant with Johnson & Johnson. I worked with the biggest companies in Tunisia, in Europe, and even in the United States, I had two internships, maintaining a very high GPA, part of Delta Sigma Pi, and so on and so on. And I believe in my skills. I've been for all these jobs, and I literally like, I always go to the second round interview or the third one, and people love me. They mm -hmm. love me. They're like, you would fit perfectly in this thing. And then with the people that hate me are the HR people. They don't. They literally say, ah, we cannot sponsor you. We don't sponsor you. And some companies is a straight no. So I've been to the expo many times. I go to them and I'm like, okay, from the very beginning, this is what I need. This is what I, this is what I have to do. And it's a straight no. Other companies is a case by case. So basically what it means is that you have to prove, uh, to prove that you have a skill that they cannot find in America. That makes sense. You know, they want to like hire people from their own country and I respect that a lot. But it's... It's you're very, more than qualified though from, from uh, what I understand like I believe so sometimes you know and I, re I really want to like give because this uh, country already, already gave me so much I want to give it back you know, I want to learn I want to um, I know that I can be uh, that, that I can uh, find career opportunities here that I cannot find anywhere else and I mean <laughs> this is, is gonna sound silly but I am, let's say, fluent in French. I found myself that I'm not fluent in French anymore, but I can express myself in English. So I'm like, <laughs> how can I go and do business in, in France? It's going to take me such a long time to just mm -hmm. find the technical words that I know now. It's funny, but it's weird. Would you be willing to work for an American company abroad? Uh, well, you know what? Uh, actually, a lot of companies that I've interviewed for, they offered me to go and talk to their uh, Europe offices. And um, it is a an, an, uh, possibility for me, but when I came to the US, I wanted to work in the United States. That was my goal, basically. So going to Europe is like 
kind of a st- somehow a step back because if I want to go to Europe, I would have stayed in Africa or in Europe, if that True, makes sense. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, taking risk is a big thing that I believe in. So I took a risk when I came here. And it's funny, earlier asked, how, why did you come here? Let me tell you how I came here. So I got admitted two weeks before coming here, got my visa a week before coming oh here, and bought my airplane ticket four days before coming here. And I had no idea what South Carolina or Colombia was technically. So that was a big risk, you know, and that was exciting because you're starting a new life. Basically, you go to a place that nobody knows who you are. And that's what I wanted uh, I want to do. Even the internships that I've done, for example, this past summer, I was in Montana as a sales marketing intern with the Yellowstone Club. And that was still a new uh, adventure. You know, nobody knew who I was. So it's starting a new life all over again. And that's what I want to do. And if that means that I have to go to Europe, I will do it. Why not? That's fantastic. So. Okay, so given you're working for an American company in the United States, mm-hmm. five years from now, where would you like to see yourself and what areas would you like to grow? Okay, that's a good question. So I'll start by the location, if you don't mind. So uh, I've traveled around the U.S. a little bit, and I believe that if you want to uh, work within a company, the location can be very important, you know. So San Francisco is definitely the way to go for me. I love the city, so I would love to work there. So I'm applying actually for jobs there too. And then uh, I want to see myself as a consultant for real. Like I want to see myself as somebody who's knowledgeable about the product he's offering his clients and selling his clients, but somebody who is also like very good at building report. Like I do believe that I have the skills to build report like pretty well, but I want to see myself in five years being that guy who is on a plane like four, four times or three times a week going from can- uh, maybe from state to state or country to country and just hitting off so much with the clients that they will love him since the very first five minutes and trust him about uh, the decision he's going to make, you know? So I want to be able to uh, build those long-term relationships with those clients instead of just like, oh, this is the deal, let's just close it, you know? Absolutely. I 100% agree. So uh, uh, basically, to finish, I want to be the guy that, uh, let's say, in a company uh, that uh, built himself up in the company and uh, if they we have like a very important contract or something like that, they're like, oh, Omar is the guy for it. I really want to be that uh, that guy, and uh, fingers crossed that I become that guy. I'm working for it. I'm I'm working on it. Omar, I think you'll become that guy. Thank you very much <laughs> for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Eric. NFP is an industry-leading insurance broker and consultant that provides employee benefits, property and casualty, retirement and individual private client solutions through their licensed subsidiaries and affiliates. They're changing the landscape of this industry, which is one of the many reasons why we were so excited to partner with them. They've taught us about their initiatives to adapt to the changing work environment, inspire innovation across different areas in order to establish themselves as thought leaders. It's been an inspiring experience for us, which we know will reflect in the content of this podcast for you. Oftentimes, we don't expect companies to extend an arm like NFP has and start a conversation like this, so we're very lucky. We have seen what they are doing to hire more actively for diversity and inclusion because a diverse workforce is imperative to true innovation and progress. Listening to Omar speak about why he's here and why he's doing what he's doing, reset my at least my perspective on 
kind of this whole project in a way because we're asking all these questions about what we want, what we expect, how the workforce is changing, how we're changing, and we take a lot of stuff for granted. And he has such a passion for this country and this culture, and it permeates into how much he cares about company culture and kind of highlights it in a new way, which I loved, and it truly felt like I was reminded how lucky we are and how many choices we do have and that the fact that we even get to do a project like this is kind of a blessing in a way. Yeah, and Omar, he hasn't seen his family in such a very long time. And it's going to be interesting when they finally come here for his graduation and see the changes that he has made in himself and his life and the friends he's made out here and the job opportunities he's pursued. I really think they're going to be proud of him, like he says. What do you think about the fact that he's kind of redefined what the sales role is? He's made his aspirations, if he does go into sales, as kind of a professional relationship builder, which is essentially what it is, but he wants to be the go-to person that can create these long-lasting relationships because that's what he sees as the value between a client and, um, and a company. Yeah, it's interesting because recently I did an interview with a company and they asked me to rank what I valued most in the sales role position and I chose building relationships Hmm. and maintaining relationships because I feel like the sale is not about, it's not a one-time sale, it's a lifetime sale. You want repeat customers, you want repeat business and I think that's where the sales role is going and I think the fact that Omar already kind of sees that and wants that in his future sales position pretty much shows that he's on the right track for success. Definitely. And I remember one time um, in a similar instance, I asked an interviewer, like, what is the, how do, how do you define success, your success in this company? And he's like, you want to be the go-to guy. And Omar pretty much described that he wanted to be the go-to person for building relationships which is, and honestly might be one of the most lucrative careers going forward with as many jobs that are going to be automated in a great way. Um, There's going to be an opportunity to kind of hire those people that can put links together and can show value to people and help them understand what the service is or what the product does or how to communicate between what's happening and what they need, which is really, he's so good at it too. It's like, it adds another role to the sales position. Like you have the closer, the guy who yeah, closes the deal. Exactly. And then they had the relationship builder. The account manager. Yeah, the yeah, account manager. Definitely. It's kind of what Omar is going for here. It's so funny, too, because he does that in other parts of his life. Like, if you go to a Zumba class, which I've had the pleasure of doing, there's so much energy there. And half of us that walk in there can't dance. But for some reason, when we walk out, we feel like we can. And he's been able to inspire, be, inspire and build the bridge between what you want to be able to do which is dance and have fun and let loose and have a lot of energy and move mm-hmm. and how and the steps to getting there and he's leading that up front and creates this community uh, and you can see that in all parts of his life yeah he definitely has a special gift and <clears throat> as someone who <laughs> english is not his first language right? being able to have that ability yeah. says a lot about it his does. personality and his work ethic i also wanted to ask and this could be for us or it could be for employers the fact that a lot of especially students studying international business or international studies usually those international jobs are u.s based companies that send their 
employees abroad or you're based abroad or something like that so you don't have to worry about as much of the you know what he, yeah exactly what he's going through which is trying to get a company to sponsor him but i wonder if that's going to change i wonder if as people start to engage more in this globalized community work community businesses that wanting to live abroad and wanting to find sponsorship in places even other than the u.s is going to be something that people look for everywhere i have no idea what that looks like or kind of what the speed of if it's already ramped up but it's an interesting thought to look at it going the other direction too it is interesting this interview really put it in perspective you know i've lived in the united states i'm from the united states i didn't go to school abroad i'm not looking for a job abroad and he opened up a little bit about his life his family and i was really thankful definitely and it does give this close to the fact that we've seen so many incredible students on this trip. We've learned so much from being on the West Coast this whole summer to spending some time in the Midwest to driving down the East Coast and seeing that change in perspective. But at the same time, at the end of the day, we are all students. We are all trying to figure it out. And companies like NFP are right there along with us. And it's a comforting fact to know that it's not us trying to reach to figure out where we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to learn, what we need to do, that there are companies willing to help us do that and willing to guide us through those first initial steps because we really can't know what we want or what we can do without having the experience to try something first. Yeah, and NFP is a company that's willing to you know, remold themselves around the future workforce instead of having the future workforce trying to fit into a sort of structure that's been there in place for such a long time. They're willing to open up and hear people out and just provide that ear for us to tell them, hey, you know, this is what we're looking for. This is what we want. And Definitely. I think it's been a great opportunity and getting to travel and see the country and meet all these different people. It's been wonderful. And I'll never forget this for the rest of my Definitely life. Definitely <laughs> not. I don't think I've laughed this much and thought this hard all in one week in the longest time. And it was incredible and I hope that my career ultimately looks a little bit something like that that there's laughter that there's creativity that there's travel that there's conversation that there's lessons it kind of encompasses all the things that we did or all the things that we want and it was incredible so till our next adventure all right now I'm going to interview you Clayton are you ready yep ready are you ready for the question I'm ready for the question <laughs> all right so what are some of your biggest takeaways throughout this whole road trip? Mm. I think the biggest takeaway, well, there's two. One is that there is no one way to do anything. If you want to ask students questions about what their expectations are of the future workforce, you can either walk to a campus and ask people that are random. You can ask your friends, you can call up people on the phone, or you can partner with a company, get in a car and drive across the country. And the fact that there's so much creativity that's involved in finding the answers to the questions that you have. Like, if you want to know an answer to something, do it in a way that matches who you are. And for the group that we were with, you, me, and Julia, this very much matched the style in which we approach asking questions. And so just uncovering those answers was phenomenal. The second one was the aspect of the team and the people in a room either make the interview, make the trip, 
but there is no way that this would have been the same if it was just one person, if it was just one question, if it was just one place. It was, and that kind of fed into when now when I look at companies, what what team do I want to be a part of? Like I real honestly, just for me personally, I could care less if I am making tires for a car to drive or if I am creating health supplies or if I'm making up a TV show. I mean, all of those things, for some some way I'll find them to be equally fascinating, but it's the team that's creating it and how excited they are about what ultimately that's going to create. Is it the fact that those tires are going to make it so that a family can now get on the road and take a vacation they've never been able to take before, and that's driving all of us, and we're ready to do this, and there's so many parts that go into it, or a television show that is a story that we've never seen before, or I don't even remember the other example, but this that matters to me. And Adding value matters to you. Exactly, yeah. and the team matters to me. I love that. So kind of a fun question here. Um, this is a very millennial question, so. I'm one of those. All right, so <laughs> if you were to make up any position at a company for yourself specifically, what would it be and why? Wow. You can be fun with it. Yeah, no, I'm... <laughs> it doesn't have to be a serious I'm going to do my best to be fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm trying to decide. I... Honestly, I would love to be an interdisciplinary project manager that just... That spends time hopping from department to department, putting in a third-party perspective, having worked with every other part of the company at some point on some project that says, hey, guess what? Actually, the finance people, they're going to say no to this. And this is why, because this is the way they work. So why don't we incorporate this into our supply chain plan so that they are able to do their job much more easily and then we can move forward like that kind of stuff, seeing how we can work together better. I just, I, I like that. I don't, that's not, I don't know what that means. I don't know what it's called, but no, no, I, um, I get you. That's great. Or big idea, big idea generator, <laughs> <laughs> like just, you know, sitting in sitting in a chair, waiting for people to come up and just be like, I need an idea. It's like, all right, <laughs> let's brainstorm. I have a program set where the employees can hit generate. Right. And then you have to submit a response. <laughs> right, right. And <laughs> pop up on a screen. All right, I'm ready to have a conversation. Let's, let's life storm. <laughs> So after all we've been through on this road trip, after all the people we've interviewed and the things we've experienced, are there any thoughts that you had before this all started about you know your perception of the future job market, what you look for in an employer that have changed since our road trip began? Yes. Um, it's, it's funny because that if I had known that this would be my answer at the beginning, I would have been extremely frustrated, but <laughs> I think I was looking to find out. It's funny because we, while I was trying to find an answer and figure out what, what the next, the right next step is going to be, we uncovered more options, <laughs> we uncovered more paths, and I realized that there, there is no one option. There is no one track. There is no right starting point. The starting point is never right. That's the best part. And I think that the, th the obstacles we're going to run into, the things that we don't like, the things that make us reassess why we're there are actually going to be the greatest lessons and the greatest things that happen to us in our career, which would have been so frustrating at the beginning. And I've thought about this a lot listening to everyone. It's like, 
while we are setting ourselves up to know what questions to ask, we are going to run into things that we had no idea were there because we've never done it. And I was like, well, that's not cool. Like, I don't, I don't I, we're trying to make it so that we can buzzword time mitigate those risks, but it's that those might be actually the greatest moments that we have. And I'm excited for making some of the wrong decisions. You know, yeah, I 100% agree. And, you know, someone asked me if I had any, a random question, like, do you have any regrets? Do you live with any regrets? And right. I said, no, I, there's not any in the top of my head because every mistake I've made has helped shape me into the person I am today. And I think that without those mistakes, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And I'm happy with who I am. And it's like, that's that's basically what you kind of that's really, what you really want. want. Yeah, <laughs> actually, we'll see. I just want to leave work and be happy with myself. <laughs> in the next five, maybe ten years, what is the biggest change that companies are going to have to adapt to when it comes of when it comes to the mindset of people coming out of college? Wow, wish I was a fortune teller. <laughs> um. Yeah, me too. Well, let, me get, let me get my crystal ball out real <laughs> okay. quick. Let me rub it real quick. Um, hmm, it's it's a good question. You know, I think I think within the next five to ten years, due to uh, rising tuitions and the quality of degrees, in my opinion, going down, I think companies are going to start should start being open to people who come in with certain certifications or other forms of education that are qualified to do the job that they're listed, that they're listing, um, that just don't necessarily have the traditional bachelor's degree. I think the companies need to be more open to people who actually know the job and know what they're doing and want to do it more so than just look at the piece of paper and see if they got it or not Yeah, and take more things into account when looking at someone's resume more so than just their GPA. I love that. Do you, what was your favorite part of the road trip? Well, the national parks are pretty great. Zion National Park, okay. Bryce Canyon, those were awesome. Also, I didn't know any Disney show tunes beforehand, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure I know about 37 of them. <laughs> you were not wrong. And no one's going to hear that come out of my mouth, any of those songs. Um, I think I have a recording of you singing one of them. On what hard drive? Because <laughs> I got a hammer in the car. <laughs> let, let me see. Uh, let me let me think. I, and, and some other things that happened on the road trip. Honestly, just the the camaraderie that you and Julia and I had throughout the whole thing. Just how hard we laughed the entire time. It was unreal. The spon- spontaneity of the things that we did on the trip in terms of like our stops, where we're gonna go where we're going to end up tomorrow, where we're going to sleep tonight, like that kind of thing. Those are all fun to me. I love that kind of stuff. When we need to go to the restroom, even if it's 10 minutes after the last time we went. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, and I drove for all those restroom stops, so I was very, I was very generous and patient. You were. <laughs> that is such an accurate statement. I was ready to be so tired of you guys by the end. And I wasn't. I missed you guys. I wanted to spend more time yeah, with you. That's weird. What kind of friends are we? I don't know. I don't know. Life on the but road. But it was great. I loved it. It was. Every second of it. Thanks for doing it with me. Thank you, NFP. And yeah. Th- thanks, yeah. thanks, Clay, for helping making this happen. <laughs>